All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sketch. This oh, I always fuck up. Oh my God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sketchless Podcast. This is a true horror story podcast by someone who is very scared of horror. Yes, that's me. My name's James, and today I am joined once again by the amazing Roxy Horror, aka Adam. Hello. Hello, James. Wait, How are you? Should I introduce? Should I say Roxy Horror or Adam? What do you? What I'm gonna call you? Do it as Roxy. I don't mind. Roxy. If you want to do Adam, that's fine. Why not? But... How have you been? I've been great. Tell me everything. Look, um, I have been rehearsing for upcoming shows. Yeah. Getting myself sorted for that, which is very exciting. Um, but other than that, that's literally what it's been, just getting myself sorted for that. It's Valentine's Day today, so I have a beautiful, bloody Valentine's plan tonight. <laughs> you know what's a horror movie? I certainly, certainly am. What I'm very excited for. It's Man the, to Iron um, Heart. Oh, I've got the name of it. I'll tell you before. Um, um, scary scary story. stories to tell in the dark. It's Del Toro, it. right? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I, you were saying that you grew up watching... Yes. No, not watching. It was reading. Yeah, Sorry, reading. reading book. So book. Um, I remember the images really bad because they were horrifying, Ooh, yeah. scary, scary images yeah. as a kid. Um, I didn't realize they were children's books. So I always knew them, read them a little bit. But then as I got a little bit older to understand, I was like, oh, let me read it. So I read some online and um, yeah, I was really excited. I've been very excited following this film and then planned it to go and see it in uh, Queensland when I was up there. But the day we arrived um, was, I guess, the day that it finished. So <gasps> we planned it wrong. So uh, I missed it. Now I've been waiting, but it's finally here. It's so good because I, when I watched it, I didn't know it was a book either. I had no idea. Well, I just was not. I just blissfully unaware. But when I went into it, it's one of those really fun anthology movies that just like, um, it's kind of like Goosebumps, but more for adults and mm-hmm. like um, also Trick or Treat, like kind of in that, in that same realm. They are so amazing. A lot of fun. And you'll enjoy it. It's a good popcorn movie. I find um, just in general anthology films are one of my favourite types of horrors because I can get, you know, four or five horror stories into one sitting session and then I'll be thinking about those five separate stories, not just one movie. Yeah, you know or I mean? you can get 26 if you watch the ABC. I know. Stop it. And you know what, though? Every single one of them in both both one part one and part two, yeah. I enjoyed. Me too. They There were some that were sold and others, don't take me yeah, wrong. For sure. Um, but... I got stuck on talking about XXL to everybody Me too. after watching that. Like, I I just um when I watched them um I didn't expect I I didn't expect to like the ones that were so simple the most. Mm-hmm. Like the my favorite out of all of them is so memorable was I think it was in part two, Zygote for Z. I remember that I remember I remember I literally remember Zygote. Yeah, but I don't know why oh. I remember that. I'm gonna so have to watch that. If anybody hasn't seen the ABCs of Death, it's pretty much an anthology horror movie where um, they go through the entire alphabet of you from A to Z, um, and every letter is a new short film by a new director, new actors, um, and they use letter to come up with a word and they inspire a short film. And in part in number two, Z is zygote, and it's pretty much about this girl, um, this woman who gets pregnant, um, but sh- the the baby just keeps growing and becomes an adult inside of her. Oh my goodness! Yes, sorry. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That one is. So screwed up. It's so fucked up. Like, it just reminded me of another anthology film. Have you seen um, Holidays? Yeah, I have. So that reminded me of The Lady That Falls yes. Pregnant in that one, the St. Patrick's Day one. I liked that. That was a good one, too. Just fun. They're really dumb. weird, dumb, dumb and fun. Dumb, but fun. There's also VHS, which is another uh, Yeah, anthology. I actually rewatched VHS Viral the other night. I haven't seen Viral. Don't. I won't. I mean, look, watch it because it's an anthology and we love <laughs> yeah. anthologies. Um, but I generally love the joining stories in the VHS movies. Yeah, they really, too. They really freaked me out. The joining story in VHS viral just lost me. Do you mean joining stories in like this? The so, sorry, the ma- so yeah, you know, like in the first VHS, they house, they break into the house, they're watching VHS tapes. Yeah. That's still another whole story on its own if you go from uh, start to finish. Yeah. So the story that 
introduces the stories throughout VHS viral Shit. is just dodgy. Oh. It's boring. Unless yeah. I missed something and maybe I just wasn't smart enough and didn't get it. Yeah. But just, well, I won't lie. The the joining story for the first VHS scared the fuck out of me. Me too. It's something that I felt like could really happen Same. almost. Like I know paranormal and whatnot, oh. but it, it, it definitely... Just how he's... Yeah, there's like shots of like... Um, I won't spoil anything, but there's like... If you look in the background of certain shots mm-hmm. and like it's all um it's all via video camera so it's all very realistic and very unnerving i couldn't sleep after that one for a minute yeah fucking freaked me shit out I highly recommend but every horror movie fucking freaks me out oh uh, no it does look i get it it does me too to a certain extent yeah but there's some that will sit there and make me think about it for so much longer and make me feel uncomfortable yeah that i'll lock my door but there's some where i'll fall asleep with the door wide open and don't even care do you know what i mean for like sure. it, no me too it just depends on the there's certain horror films that i the the most recent one that like fucked me up to no end was Hereditary. Oh, oh, oh my God! Oh. Hereditary. Oh, stop. Oh. Um, that whole I'm not gonna give anything away, but mm. I'm pretty sure you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that scene. Um, was unexpected, and mm. I, my I, I felt my jaw hit the ground. Me too. I felt my jaw hit the ground. There are certain movies that I go see in the cinema that I'm like that I get so scared to drive home. Mm-hmm. Like I get genuinely nervous because I just, it just fucks me up so much. Yeah. And that was one of them. Like I remember I couldn't sleep for so long because the director, Ari Aster, he has such a beautiful way of creating like images. Like he cre- he just burns very aggressively, like horrific images in your brain. And I could not get them out of my head for mm-hmm. so long. Uh, like literally as you're talking about it now, there's one image in my brain yeah. from that film and uh, without giving anything away, all I can say is ants. And if you think <gasps> oh, of that, that's all you can... Exactly. That's what I mean. And like that's what I mean. I, I, can, I cannot unsee it. Neither. Um, it's very rare the horror film does that to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that Hereditary was the best story in the in the world. No. Um, I felt like it did drag a little bit. Mm. Um, but you do have to watch it all to understand it all. For sure. I just... It had so many shock value points in it that made it a top horror for me. Absolutely. Like, it deals with mental health mm-hmm. and um, grief and Tony Clare. And so cleverly as well. Yeah, incredibly. Like, they de- he deals with it in a very respectful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you feel empathetic for, for sure. the characters that are dealing with issues. Yeah. And Tony Collette needs to be more horror movies. Oh. Like, she's oh. a revelation. She is has been one of my favourite actresses since Bloody um, Mirror's Wedding. Me too. Uh, her performance in United States of Tara. Incredible. Series 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. She, I, I literally, when I'm talking back about that show and thinking about the characters, I think of them as separate people. Me too. But it's her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's she, fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, she's incredible. Um, And I think that, like, she just has a way of portraying grief like nobody else that I've seen. Yeah. Like, the way she cries. A lot of actors, like, they don't want to ugly cry. She ugly cries. She ugly cries. She, from from Muriel. Think of yeah. Muriel as ugly cry. Ugly I remember that from Me being too. a kid all the time. Me too. And that's, she kind of reminds me of Amanda Bynes in that respect. Yeah. Now, I know Amanda Bynes got a little <laughs> crazy now. But one thing I loved about Amanda growing up is she was the, the girl who would eat a bucket of fried chicken yeah. and not care about looking disgusting. Yeah. And that's why I loved her. And Tony Collette is that in an active you know what I mean like yeah. that's, that's what I see that, she yeah. ugly cries and she's not scared to let, let loose and let those emotions come out and um, I don't know if you've seen Ari Aster's newest movie um, Midsommar I was just about to ask you about yeah. that one too have you seen that uh, did he, so is that Hereditary same director, same director. Yeah. I did not know that yeah. that's funny I was going to talk about this one next actually yeah. um, I thought that was one of the most beautifully shot horror films I've ever seen in my entire gorgeous. life gorgeous However, I also did think that it was a bit of a slow horror movie as well. I agree. Well. I was um, 
I was under underwhelmed yes. with it. I think that um, I always fucking do this thing where I watch every trailer. Yeah, and I, I was underwhelmed so because excited. Of the, hype. the hype was huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I went in. I wish I went in differently. I went in expecting this like huge shock value horror film. Yeah. When it's not, it's a very nope. slow burning, nuanced. Um, uh, thing about relationships. I wish that I had stumbled across Midsummer at night on my own, Same. just randomly came across it because yeah. I feel like it would have went from being something I didn't know to one of my favorite films. Yeah. But because of the anticipation, when I actually watched it, I had really high expectations. Me too. And it just it didn't blow me out of the water. Yeah, I, I have friends who are like diehard for it. That I think is the most, yeah, me too. The most amazing thing, and like they always question me why I compare hereditary and it together because they're two different movies but yeah it's hard to follow up hereditary for me because it's such a masterpiece so like i have to compare the two yeah i mean that you can compare them though at the end of the day because in my opinion i feel like you can compare directors to themselves for sure do you know what i mean so no matter what the quality of the film is and how different it is um if the director's made it and yeah so i I say to your friends film listen to you because you have a point (laughs) there they are they are very different yeah but they're made by the same person the same mind the same mastermind behind it so it's fine to compare the The one thing that i will say scared me in that movie which not not one of it not much of it scared me to be honest but um actually two scenes the opening scene with the sister um, do you remember the, just, the the camera kind of pans upstairs and goes into her bedroom? Yes, yes. That was yeah, horrific. Yeah. And then the ending with the flowers. The, was, yeah, her, yeah. But also, I didn't. I wasn't really. I, I expected more. By the yeah. Ending. Okay. So yeah, like I said, it did have some really great moments. Yeah. I just, I just felt like when it finished, I was like, "Is that the end? Or yeah. is it going to be a little credit scene? Like, I, I just need more. That just wasn't yeah. enough for me. I probably wouldn't see it again. It feels like a chore. It's like a chore to watch it again because like mm-hmm. it's just really heavy and intense. Like the. Um, the, the certain scenes that like are hard to watch so yeah. I probably wouldn't watch it again yeah. but Hereditary I would watch again Hereditary I'd watch in a heartbeat I want to yeah. show I, Hereditary is one that I want to show people Midsummer is one I'd tell people to watch same that's, that's the, the perfect way to describe it, it. Uh, um, <clears throat> my last movie that I want to mention um, that literally fuck, when I say fucked me up I mean it fucked me up um, It Follows brilliant it is brilliant film. incredible horror movie, mm-hmm. and it's probably one of the best of the 21st century, in my opinion. I think that um, the reason why it's so fucking good, the simplicity of, of, of the concept. Of what it is, yeah. And how it feels so timeless. It feels like it could have been made in the 80s. Thank you. 70s. I said the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, literally, it feels like a, a movie that I grew up with. For sure. But I didn't see it till I was 20-something. Yeah, you exactly. Know what I mean? same. Um, no, it's very. it's got a very nostalgic feel to it. And yeah. I have not seen a, a recent horror movie that has brought me back to that. Same. And you know? if someone told me, oh, there's this movie that came out um, 50 years ago about... Uh, this thing that follows you if you contract it I'd be like oh it's like that concept is timeless to me because mm-hmm. it's so simple it's just this thing that follows you and yep. you don't know where it's where you're gonna where you're gonna be when it gets you but it's coming and it can and be anything or anyone yeah and that's I mean that's what gets me like the whole in the cinema I think it's what's oh, the that start of that movie that cinema scene is kind of what set the tone for me yeah and I was just like eh, yeah nah nah <laughs> it's, just, oh. it's freaky it's very freaky freaky fucking friday i tell you what um so obviously we can't talk about movies without talking about the oscars did you watch it i didn't watch it but i've heard a lot about it so obviously i'm obsessed mm-hmm. um don't know if you know but i went to study film at university so i'm a fucking piece of shit pretty much <laughs> <laughs> and i i love the oscars and i get really excited about the whole season but um i get really sad because a lot of horror movies always get snubbed 
at the Oscars because genre film isn't very um, like c- critic worthy. Yeah. That's why I get really excited about directors like Ari Aster who are really showing that horror doesn't have to be um, just jump scares yeah. and like stupid and shit. Pat, yeah, gore. That's not no, what it is. No, that's not what it is. It's about he deals with mental health and grief and it's beautifully done. But obviously the winner pretty much of the Oscars that won four Oscars was Parasite. Yes. Now, yes. we've briefly talked about Parasite mm-hmm. and I literally, I cannot stress enough how incredible and like masterful this movie is. You know what though? I'm so nervous because I've, I've read that online a lot now. Yeah. You've told me how good this film is. I've seen it a lot. I've been seeing it since before we even talked about it. Yeah. Um, but that's what I heard about Midsummer. For sure. And like I just said, when the hype's there, yeah. I'm worried. Like, I feel like if I didn't see Parasite, like I haven't seen it yet, I'll be watching it very soon. If I watched it not knowing anything about it, I may have a different reaction to what I'm going to have when I watch it now because yeah. I now have high expectations. Well, it's a shit movie, so... Okay, good. I'm going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Boon John Ho, I think that's how you pronounce his name, he... I love all of his movies. I've seen mm. all of them. So like, What other films has he done? He did um, Memories of a Murderer. He also did Okja, Snowpiercer. I think I've seen either of all. Um, you've definitely come across them. You yeah. would have for sure. If you if you Google like top Korean movies, he's always okay. on the list. Okay. Um, and Korean cinema uh, is like its own thing. Like they have their own like humor, their own like um, art, like character arcs. That I find that their movies move very quickly, which I like. Mm-hmm. Like the the story development and characters. Uh, the, the director doesn't treat you like you're an idiot, like you've never seen people okay. before. Okay. They treat you like you understand when people are rich or if they're poor or if I they're love that like you just you just you yeah. go off your human knowledge and then so they can hurry up and get into the story. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. He treats you like you're you're smart, which is I think that most people are when they go see a movie. They don't want to be treated stupid and spoon-fed exposition. So, yeah, I don't know. Let me know what you think. Okay, I'll definitely come. If I come over next time and you hated it, um, I'll be really sad. Well, look, I would just tell you that I loved it, even if I hate it. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm very excited going through to it. I think that um, in in what you're saying with the Oscars, though, um, horror really doesn't get recognition in the Oscars. Um, So much so that even, um, have you, do you, are you uh, familiar with Rob Zombie and his films? Yeah, of course. Yeah. He has an up and down, like people love him or hate him, basically. Um, But the whole, I just watched um, Three from Hell, the Yeah, what do you think? I, okay, I really liked it. Um, I was really upset that, oh, see, I can't keep spoilers away. I did, I really did like it. I was upset about something. Yeah. Um, I think but I, I understand why I was upset about it. Um, but I, in saying that, back to the Oscars about this movie though, Sid Haig passed away, who yeah. plays um, Captain Spaulding yeah. in the first two films and the third film. Um, he was not recognized in the memoriam. In the memoriam. I, know. I know a few other people weren't as well. And online yeah. he is recognized. Yeah. Sid Haig, A, has been an actor for very, very long, for but sure. what, what got his notoriety was Captain Spaulding. Yeah. So although he'd been in, I think, 50 other films, yeah. Captain Spaulding is what got him famous at the end of his life. Yeah. Um, I think it's disgusting that such an iconic horror character now... I agree. ...who did die in at a time... Yeah, I just think it's disgusting that he was not. He was not. Completely that. agree. I also think, on, yeah. obviously, on the flip side of that, a lot of incredible foreign... Um, filmmakers, a couple that I'm really that I follow, and actors passed away as well, mm-hmm. and they weren't recognised. And yeah. I think that um, the Academy has a really uh, weak point when it comes to genre films and foreign cinema. So the fact that Parasite won Best Picture is a huge fucking yeah. step for them. Yeah. Um, it almost feels like they're finally realising that cinema isn't just English-speaking mm-hmm. Americans. Like, there's more to it. Yeah. People thought, like, when Mad Max won, that was a huge step. But it's a very Americanized Australian film. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, let's hope hope in the future horror is more recognized and 
directors like Ari Aster can be like get the fucking recognition that they actually deserve because he puts so much he's of himself in those movies. You watch his interviews, and I'm sure even with Sid Haig, like the amount of like method acting that he would have put in oh, is insane. Yeah. Like he would have dedicated his life to that art, mm-hmm. and Rob Zombie would have saw that. So it's fucking shit that the Academy just it is. It like is. That. It's annoying. It's sad. Um. So I also wanted to bring up. Um. So last time I was here, you told me a story about how you met someone online and mm-hmm. he got a bit creepy in the car mm-hmm. and lo- locked you in. It was kind of fucking scary. Yeah. I don't know if you saw. So a few days ago. Oh my goodness. And I was like, yes, yeah. I did. So yes, in I Canberra, uh, a man was meeting with a guy from Grinder and in Batemans Bay in Bro- Browley. Um, and he was, body was found the next morning in Bushland in, in Bushland. And, um, three 17 year olds have just been, arrested uh yeah just oh i did not know that I, so last i read about it was last night and yeah, no, no one morning. had been arrested or anything at this point so this morning three 17 year olds have been arrested three guys they're not sure what the motive was but i'm pretty sure i can assume it was a hate crime if i had to if so, i had to guess mm. just from going off my true crime mm-hmm. like inklings i would say that he was murdered because of a hate crime or it could have been a robbery or drug related we have no idea that's but just so scary when you think about terrifying. it. It's fucking terrifying. That's so close to us. 100% so close to us, but every gay guy I know has grinder in his pocket. Exactly. Um, so it's closer than you realise. Yeah. Um, in America last year, December, Christmas Eve, a guy went over to a guy's house and uh, threw a grinder hookup. Didn't show up for five days. They found his body hanging, hanging his body hanging by, the guy, by his balls at the guy's house. Shh. Like everything cut open. He Jesus. was a... Uh, he reminded me of myself when I was looking at Fuck. his... his um, his post. He was into makeup. He was a hairdresser. He was. Uh, he just. It just could be anyone that we know. Yeah. Any one of our friends. And that guy isn't here anymore because he went to hook up with a guy on Grinder. Um, my partner and I are in open relationships. We yeah. both actively use Grinder. I don't know how I would deal with anything if yeah. my partner passed away from a Grinder hookup. Or was murdered. Oh yeah. It was yeah. Sorry. Was murdered from a Grinder hookup. I. It now scares me to want to. Do you want to be open in that respect? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel like you've... Uh, it's just... It's, it's a just, very scary yeah. world. No, I brought it up a lot of, a few times in the podcast. Like, uh, as queer people and especially... And women as well. Like, we are constantly going to be... For the rest of our lives, unfortunately, we'll always be a target to someone. Mm-hmm. Just for the simple fact of who we are. Like, we, you'll be sitting in on a train and there's more... Most likely, more often than not, someone on that train will not agree with, with, yeah. with how um, we were born. Yeah. So... It's just a, a sad fucking fact. But, um, you know, I always say just be really smart with... If you are going to hook up with anyone, just be really smart with it. Like, always let someone know where you're going. Yeah. Um, be sex positive. Like, if don't don't be ashamed to tell your friends that you're going to hook up with someone. There's no yeah. shame in that. Everyone, everyone has sex, so there's no problem there. Um, unless you're asexual or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just be smart about it. And uh, also... If you feel like you're in a dangerous situation, like you f- have that gut feeling, listen to your gut and... Um, yeah, you're generally right. <laughs> get the fuck out of there. You're yep. genuinely right. Yeah, most of the time. Um, yeah, it's, it, it can be a very scary situation meeting people up online, meeting up with people you don't know online. Mm. Um, but the thing is, the reality of it is you can be talking to people for two minutes and next minute you're on, the, on your way to their house. Exactly like, what I mean. Yeah. There, there is a big hookup culture in the gay it's community. It's a huge culture, yeah. Um, and it's very scary how more and more we're hearing about people getting murdered through these hookup apps. Mm. Um yeah, I just even I'm on okay. Tinder, like in Queensland, I remember that girl who went on a Tinder date, mm-hmm. and she met a guy in Queensland, and he pushed her off the balcony. Yeah, like yeah. years ago, he was a football player. Or yeah, something. yeah, and he yeah. was. Um, it's just another thing. Like, you don't know who the fuck these people are. Mm-hmm. You have no idea who, what kind of state they're in. Yeah, 
And I'm a very trusting person and I think that can work in my detriment. Um, so I think it's very smart what you just said about um, making sure you let people know where you're going, et cetera, sure. et cetera. Um, So my partner and I will send a picture of the person we're hooking up with to each other's Great. phones and the address. Not to out anyone or anything like that. It doesn't go beyond us. It literally stays between us. Yeah. But I want my, I want my partner to know where I am yeah. and um, who I'm with. Yeah. Because if something does happen to me, even though I don't think it, it will with these people, if it, if it does, he knows my exactly. last surroundings. I know where I'm and, going. And um, if you don't have anybody that you can send, like, uh, the address or a photo to, just uh, on Facebook, you can make a status that's only private to you so that if you, if anybody, if you go missing or whatever it is, hopefully not, but, um, and someone checks your Facebook, it'll be on there. So that's another thing you can do or have a neutral friend who, who you can talk to or just, yeah, just be smart. Yeah, that's be smart about it. Be smart, keep safe, don't get murdered. Mm. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we're going to have a brief break and then we'll be back with uh, the story. I hope you're excited because it's fucked up. I'm excited, but I don't like fucked up, but I love fucking stories. So. <laughs> you do like fucked up. <laughs> no, I do. I'm pretty fucked up. I like fucked up. <laughs> he likes fucked up, ladies and gentlemen. All right, see you soon. Bye. Welcome back to the Scared Shitless Podcast. Oh. My name's James. I'm joined by Adam. Hi. Hi, James. How are you going? Or Roxy Horror, sorry. Um, no, okay. <laughs> so today's story, um, it's pretty fucked up. Okay. Um, it's something that I'm personally like fucking scared of. Um, so buckle up. Um, <clears throat> so I pretty much got all of my information from... Um, one of my favorite podcasts called My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend it to anybody. It is one of the best podcasts ever made. Um, and also uh, an episode of a TV show that I had to scour the entire internet <laughs> to find because it's so outdated. But I found it okay, and okay. I watched it and I wrote down every part of this story so that it's pretty much me retelling you this episode um, so you don't have to rewatch the episode. Clever. You're absolutely welcome. Because <laughs> you couldn't find it anyway. If you wanted to, good luck. I got the time to find oh it. Oh my God, it took me so long. I had to go on Reddit and like post a thing and be like, guys, help. And you got it in the end? I got it. Isn't the internet great? Uh, the internet's incredible. <laughs> um, so I'm telling the story about Ellen Halbert. So um, Ellen Halbert and her family lived just outside of Austin, Texas in a very ritzy area um, in... September 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellen was in her 40s, uh, a wife, uh, she's also a mother of two kids, um, and she was uh, having a pretty normal morning of September 1986. Um, I'm not sure what day it was, lol. But <laughs> she was reading a paper, having a coffee, and then she decided to go up and have a shower. Um, her husband had gone out to golf for the day, mm-hmm. and her kids were at school. She Uh, When she goes up to the shower, uh, she has a shower, she gets out of the shower, um, puts a towel around her body and enters her bedroom. But as she's entering her bedroom, she sees a dark figure in the corner of her eye. Mm -hmm. Um, When she turns, she sees a five foot man holding what she describes to be the largest knife she's ever seen, dressed like a ninja. Mm -hmm. And he's holding the knife above his head. I would die. I would die of a heart attack. (laughs) I would die of a heart attack. 
the the thing that makes me laugh, which is not a funny story, but she laughed because her reaction, she had no so idea. She, how did, to, oh, no. she didn't know how to react because I think that your brain would be like, what flight of flight type the thing. fuck am I seeing? Yeah. And so her first reaction was to laugh. And then I think she realized how serious um, the situation was. So the, the ninja outfit wore like black pants, a black shirt, black shoes, black gloves, and a black uh, hood. Um, the only thing that were exposed were his eyes. Mm. Um, so he screams at her immediately and tells her to get on the floor and she and him fight and tussle over the floor. Um, he eventually pushes her down and backhands her um, across the head and across and then across the face. It pun- backhands her across the face, punches her onto the head onto the ground mm. and then she, she gets up but then he hits her down again. Then she eventually sits um, at the end of the bed and because she's obviously completely naked, she's holding up her knees to kind of cover her body and she's not feeling very comfortable. Um, then he steps up, uh, to her, drags the knife across of her, across her bare feet and says, my knives are sharper than yours. Whatever that means. Uh, I would, I wouldn't know what I would do. I would not know what I would do in that situation. Mm. I don't know. Like, I think what obviously my whole life I've been taught just to go kind of go like, don't fight. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think, see, this, I understand that. And I do think that, but I do feel like if I saw an opportunity, I would take it. You oh, can no. breathe for oxygen. Could you say that again? Yeah. What did I say? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you said, um, just the whole thing. Uh, like, oh yeah. So, so I was saying, if it happened to me, if I was, it's, I go into fire flight mode. I feel like I would, if I saw an opportunity, I would jump at it. I'm a, you know, if he's five, five foot, whatever. I'm a six foot something man. Literally. I'm a gentle giant, but I could sit on him and make him fight for air. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think I, um, for 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 me, I'd be I'd go ape shit. Mm. But obviously, you're naked and you're a middle aged woman. That's exactly right. It's fucking scary, right? Oh god, yeah. Um, so he tells her to look down and to not look at him, and then he takes off his ninja mask and blindfolds her with the mask. Um, he then says to her, "It's a shame you can't see me. I'm half black and I'm half white. I'm very handsome." Fucked up. Um, he then asks how much money she has and she tries to bargain with him and says that she'll take him to the bank because she doesn't have any cash on him. Um, and then she actually says, I'll write you a check. And then he says, um, uh, you're going to have a bad accident. Like he does, he's not really, um, conversing yeah, he's with us. He's being very threatening. That's so and, um, we'll do He's that. being very sadistic, I think. Um, he then binds her to the bed and holds the knife up to her throat he starts to explain uh, what he's doing there. And he says that he's actually been hiding in the attic for two days. Mm. He knows that the husband's gone and he knows the children are gone for the day and he planned this very well. No, what would you do? So he knows that no, no one's coming to help her. He knows that even if she said, my husband's coming home, which a lot of people would do, I think I yeah, would do I that. Would do that. Um, I would do he that. He knows that she's lying because he's been waiting in the attic. He's, he knows, he's been listening. And, and even if he wasn't in the attic, if you're told that, you're going to believe that in that situation. Absolutely. So I'd be like, no, one, no one's going to come for me. No one's going no to come for me. I think at that point I would feel like that's it. I don't know what I would fucking do. I think what scares me in these situations too, I feel like if I ever got to the point where I was down to like, this is it, I'm not going to make it, I would, no matter what, I think I would go into fight mode Yeah. to try and get that last survival thing out there. For sure. Just that little bit extra adrenaline. Yeah. I feel like, it, I feel like in order to get that bit of extra adrenaline that would have saved me, I need to feel like defeated. For sure. I know what you mean. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Like once you're at your wit's end and you've got, no you've got nothing hope, to lose, then you you're like, fuck it. Yeah. Might as well give it a go. If I die, I die. I'm going to die anyway. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, <clears throat> so he then, 
yeah, he binds to the bed and is in the attic for two days. He then says that he's going to rape her. Um, she begs him not to rape her because she's a Christian woman, but it's no good. And he said that it doesn't matter because nobody's ever going to catch him anyway. He rapes her and then goes and goes to have a shower. Um, oh. He then he tells her, um, if you try anything while I'm in the shower, I'll come out and murder you. I'll, I'll kill you. And then he puts back on the, the ninja outfit. Um, Nancy, at this point, she doesn't try to move or escape because she's just terrified that he's going to kill her. He's in the shower. Why couldn't she run? I know, I know I'm, I'm sure, saying that, but I just, I, yeah. I always think like he's, he's now giving a moment where she can get out. Imagine an ensuite though, where like the door's open, he's standing right there. Like yeah. so he probably was standing watching her. But you know what though? I, I think, I don't care if my, na- if my neighbor see me naked to save my life, right? You'll just sprint out. I would just sprint out clothed or not. So I would just sprint out of that room. I feel like I would just sprint out of that room the moment that I get. How is he going to get out of the shower and not slip and make it in time? Like, I'm just thinking like, if it yeah. was me, I just feel like, yeah. I guess once again, when you put in those situations, though, you, you never, never know. ever know how she, you're going to react. And obviously like, she just got, she was just raped. Yeah. And I think, um, she probably just felt that was it, you know, that that's worse than, than getting killed. Like yeah. being raped is horrific. So it's like, she's probably, I don't know, she doesn't really go into the detail about the shower, but um, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't try to be escape. Um, he takes off her blindfold, because she's blindfolded this whole time. Um, and he takes off her hand bindings and then shows, sorry, he shows her a blank check that he's taken out of her purse. Um, and then he he wrote out the amount of six hundred dollars in the check, and he tells her to write his name on the check. And she writes his name, and he gives his name, Troy so Eugene Wrigley. Yeah, Troy Eugene Wrigley. Um, so she writes his full name on the check, and then he tells her to lay on the floor in the bathroom in a fetal position. Um, she says, as she's lying there in the fetal position in the bathroom floor, which is like a ensuite. She feels the right height, the right side of her head explode. He hit her on the side of the head with a hammer. No. In the, yeah, and she felt she, the only way she could describe it was like her head exploded. Um, mm. So at this point, she's very confused and she's not sure what's going on. She just knows that the sensation is happening in her head that it feels like it's just exploded. He then stabs her in the left breast with a large with the large knife. He hits her on the head again with a hammer and then stabs her again in the back of the neck twice. He then, oh, this part. He tries to stab her in the skull, but the knife won't go in, so he hammers the knife into her skull at the back of her head. I can't even comprehend the amount of. Uh, Um. No, yeah, keep going. I just think, like, for me, that's just the most fucked up, horrific, the horror movie shit. Literally. That is so disgusting. And the um, thing is, I feel like when you watch that kind of stuff in horror movies, you're grossed out. It's horrible, but you are desensitized to it. Because it's not real. Like, it's not when real. When you hear that it really happened to someone, it's so different. It's fucked. And then he tries to pull the knife out, but it won't come out. So he shakes her head around with the handle of the knife. And eventually he puts his foot onto her head and pulls the knife out. She feels all of this happening and eventually she just loses consciousness. So she feels all of that until the foot goes into her head. So she went through that. So she went through that and felt all of it until... And then she went unconscious. Um, so she actually wakes up a few moments later and peers up towards the bedroom where he was standing. Um, he was standing again in his ninja costume. Her eyes were filled with blood, um, blood covered on the floor. He screams, put your head back down right now. So she does. She stops moving and does what he says. And then he comes over and takes her wedding rings off her fingers. Um, at that moment, she knew that she was going to die and she was getting very cold. 
um, covered in blood and she felt that she had to do something, but he finally left the house. She pulls herself off the ground through the bedroom and down a flight of stairs to get to the phone. She calls her parents then she goes unconscious. Again, the next thing she sees is her father screaming over her bloody body with paramedics entering the house behind him. She hears the paramedics talk in the ambulance saying that she's not going to make it and that she's going to die. And she decided at that point she was not going to die. Finally, at the hospital, she's Im- uh, immediately put into surgery with over 600 stitches. She was stabbed over 30 times while she's unconscious. Troy U- Eugene Wrigley was arrested at the bank trying to cash the check that he was forced to write. What a that she fucking was forced to write. He was 18 years old. He's convicted of aggravated robbery and is sentenced to life in prison. She makes a full recovery. A full recovery. That's... So, so when I went silent just before, when you told me the knife in the head thing... Yeah. I was like, she's dead. Yeah, she's absolutely. You think that she'd be dead. I... Not dead. held my tongue because I wanted to know what actually happened. Mm. But I was like, how is someone going to come back from that? The only reason why I was thinking, did she survive this? Is because the detail in how it happened. Yeah, like how, how would they this much detail? I was like, how would they know that if she's not survived? But so, then when you said the knife in the head, I was like, nah, she's gone. This show is called I Survived. That's why I didn't want to say the ah, title of the show. Okay, okay. Um, so she's retelling this story. Yep. And she's giving all this detail. And so I'm telling it the way she's telling it. I'm like, yep. I'm not making it any worse. That's nope. exactly how she told it. And um, I don't know. She's just so brave and so incredible to be able to speak about this so openly. And the fucking crazy thing to me is that he was convicted of aggravated robbery. That was the, what he got no. caught under. Yeah, he didn't get he didn't get sentenced for attempted murder or anything else. But um, I feel like I feel like as far as he was concerned, she was dead for sure. He murdered absolutely. Her. And I think. Um, Obviously, like in the legal system, though, that because he was sentenced to life in prison, I think aggravated robbery was the one thing they could have easily pinned him with, okay. rather than going through the logistics of an attempt. So they could murder. still get him the full term. By, yeah. So they by gave him the that. full sentence. I never really clicked to that, and that, that yeah. would be a lo- the case in a lot of situations. Yeah, probably. and that's why when you hear a lot of cases, then you're like, oh, he got charged with. Uh, that and that murder, but he got um, he raped them and murdered them. You're like, why wasn't he convicted of all these other things? It's, it's a lot of the time, some things can't be proved, or some things are just going to be too strenuous to the, to the victim. So I'm sure that she had a discussion with the lawyer, and the lawyer was like, "Look, we can be in court for the next year, or we can we already have proof that he tried to get, rob yeah, you and tried to hurt you, so that would get him to life." And she was like, "Look, just do that." You know what? And look, I get that, but I also feel like if I was um, in that situation, I'd want that fucker to get every single penalty so would he could I. ever get, even so though that that one that he got will put him in there for life. It just speaks. I volumes. want it on his record. It speaks volumes on this woman, and she's just um, very mm. inspiring. And she just said, "Yeah, when she was in the ambulance, um, she was going to make it. She told herself that she was going to prove those paramedics wrong, and to live for her kids because she wanted to um, make it through." So what actually happened was she spent. Months and months and months in denial. Like, she just did not... She blamed herself. She was just so... Um, yeah, just so not, not in a good place. And she had an enormous amount of surgeries and stress-related illnesses and mental health problems. Her marriage fell apart. Um, she was left without a job. She had no money, but she was very determined. So she actually... 
um, realized that she needed help. So she joined multiple support groups and got counseling. Mm-hmm. And her first goal as a part of her recovery was to release all of the rage and anger that happened to her. So she just said, no, nah, no more anger. I'm not going to hate anyone anymore. I'm letting it go. And she started to speak out about victims, victims' rights. Um, in 1991, she was actually appointed to serve on the Texas Board of Criminal Justice. And she did it for six uh, six years. Um, it was an unpaid position, which was wow. fucking crazy. And it went from part-time to full-time and she started doing an enormous amount of research on victims' rights, rehabilitation, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, she was also handed an uh, amazing award, such as in 1999, she was awarded one of Texas's most... Um, Texas's Women of the Century. Wow. And in 2001, wow. she was an incredible in an incredible documentary that was nominated for an Emmy in 2002, which I would highly recommend about victims' rights and rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And right now she's working in the Victims' Unit in Texas where she's helping victims um, rehabilitate and seek counselling and move on. She is one of the strongest people I've ever heard of. Literally. And this is one of those stories that a lot of people I've never heard of. So when I heard when I heard this story get told, I was like, "How the fuck have I never heard of this? Yeah. This is insane to me." Like, how does someone survive that? Physically, firstly, yeah. how does someone survive that? And then emotionally, how does someone survive that? And look at what she's doing. She's literally like taken her grief and her pain and turned it into um, helping other people, which mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of a lot of uh, people that go through um, like trauma and tragedy. Like, there's a documentary called. Uh, which I would highly recommend if you haven't seen it. It's called, fuck, what's it called? Dear, Dear Benjamin, I think it's called, or Dear, Dear Zachary, it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty much about, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's a, a beautifully made documentary. No, it's about a, cr- a crime that happened with a baby. Okay. And um, it's incredibly, incredibly done. And one person in the film, when you watch them, you just think like, you have been through the worst mm-hmm. possible situation I can imagine. And you've come through it creating new legislation, like protesting for rights, like, and you just will not give up. And I find that so inspiring that people turn their trauma into something positive. Yeah. I think that, um, I think in in a lot of cases with all different aspects of life, when you do go through something that's really hard, um, you don't see an outcome at the end of it and you have to find and push that outcome. But when you push through that boundary that is blocking you from seeing that outcome, it's like life changing. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think also, um, just going back to like the, the story, like the fact that this cunt was in the fucking attic for two days, mm, that, in that scares me so much because he would have just been listening and waiting for the right time. Cause he would have just planned that and it would have been his, like a fantasy. For like him. he literally, and that's what, what scares me about stuff like that is there really are people out there that do that stuff. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, I feel like it was just on Facebook not long ago. A guy bought a house and he was just up. No, no, it was a air conditioner. He was doing air conditioning at a house at someone's house, had the whole house to himself. And he went upstairs to install his air conditioning thing and he found a secret room up there. Yeah. Had, I don't know if you've seen the video, but there's like a little toilet that he, this guy would have pissed into. Oh the, like it was like, it was, it was fucked. It was fucked up. And I just think what, how many things are out there right now yeah. in people's houses that we don't know about hiding in the attics, under the ground, like dungeons. What, what is there? Um, I just watched a great movie on Netflix. Um, 1984. It's called. <gasps> Wait, What's that? Oh, what's it called? Summer of Night. Sorry, Summer of '84. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, Night '84 is the um, the American Horror Story season. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. Though, but apparently, yeah. that's really good. That's good. But I watched um, Summer of '84, and it is a movie about um, four boys who were trying to find a murderer in their neighborhood, basically, and they have their suspicions and they go through people and stuff like that. Um, but 
all those people that are suspicious, suspicious that they're, like, that they're putting out throughout the film, you go into like their basements and you see there's like a, a hidden room that turns out to be something else and whatnot and whatnot. But I just think like I, I'm so scared to know what really is out there in real life because mm-hmm. we see the movies and we hear these stories. But how many is there someone in my roof right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fucked. Like, it's scary. It's I went so through this scary. whole fucking phase on YouTube of watching people find, like, secret rooms in their house. And, like, I found, and there was one that I um, remember clearly, and it was, like, um, they, went in, they were doing renovations because they bought the house that they were renting for, like, 10 years. Mm-hmm. So they've already lived in this house for 10 years, and they decided to knock a wall down. And he was like, holy fuck, guys, I just found this room. Um, and he's like, uh, I just want to record it, and his wife's there and everything. And in this, in this room that was behind a wall, there's, like, newspapers a mattress like someone was living in that room Mm-mm. but there's no way of getting in there and i'm like mm. what the fuck so was the, there was no one in the room when they no there's no one in there but oh. it was like someone was living in there like there was food wrappers and drinks and like fast food containers and it was just packed full of rubbish and there was and no way to get in there no way to get in there only the the, the room they, they smashed through that and so me more it than makes me question movies. like what? What does that mean? Did someone stock someone up with food then lock them in there? But That's why is there no body in there? Why is there no body? Or did they kill the person and the person's missing? Oh my God, don't even get me started about like... This is a whole nother can of worms, but mm. Australia, the fact that you could... Bodies. <laughs> As in like where they are? This country, well, you could hide a body. Oh. I'm telling you. Well, yeah. You could hide a body. The amount of no man's land that we have here... Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, but at the same time, it's no man's land. So who's there to put a body there? Well, if you were that determined to hide the body, you just fucking drive into the middle of Australia and dig it yeah, up. Yeah, I guess. But I think like if I had a body in my trunk, I wouldn't fucking drive to the middle of Australia with it. <laughs> True. Do you know what I mean? Like See, I get I exactly be, what you're saying. I wouldn't be a good exactly murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> um, but I would be smart enough to not drive with a body in the back of my car through like five different states. <laughs> Me like, all right, let's cross these borders. I'm gonna get this body. And you get to the border like any fruit? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Just, uh, just the old ham in the back. <laughs> carry on, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> and I love, well, I love like um, Australian horror movies. I have a thing mm. for them. I love. Uh, they have a soft spot. There's not a lot of them though. Either. There's not a lot, and I think there should be more. But um, Rogue. I was just about to say I love Rogue. Rogue, I love, Rogue Wolf love Creek. Rogue. Um, there's also uh, the one that was filmed in Tasmania. Um, what's it called? Oh, Snowtown. No, that, no was that was Victoria. Sorry, that was Adelaide, that, South what's Australia. What? Yeah. Oh, I always thought Snowtown, the Snowtown for Murders were in Victoria for some reason. No, South reason. Australia. I'm sure. Idiot. So, as silly as this sounds, I don't know if you guys do this at home, but when you talk about a movie or you talk about something, you kind of picture a setting of it. it so, sure. every time I talk about Snowtown, I literally pictured the state of Victoria. Let me just... Oh, I don't have internet. But, well, I'm sure it's... I hope it's... No, it's probably is. I'll Google it on mine. Google it. Everything's turned off. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what were we... Um... Australian horror. Yeah, no, there's one filmed in Tasmania. It's about inbreds. Oh. It's about like hillbilly inbreds. What? Yeah, Dying Breed, it's called. Dying Breed. Never ever heard of that name. Dying Breed. (laughs) It was one of those B grade Australian horror movies that just kind of slipped on the road. I I saw it in the movies though. I saw it in the movies. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never even heard of this one. Dying Breed, yeah. Have you seen the loved ones? Loved that movie. Good movie, that one. That's a fucking killer movie. Mm. That was filmed. Actually, another amazing Aussie director is Christopher Sun. What has he done? What? What has he done? He has done um, Boar, which is a new... Oh, yeah. I haven't movie. seen I haven't yeah. seen Boar yet. But, I've heard um, good things. He did Charlie's Farm, which I saw, yeah. and that was a good one. Yeah. Um, and he also did a movie that goes under the radar with his films, but it's called Daddy's Little Girl. Mm, um, I, I have it on Blu-ray. 
I bought it because it was him, the director. I just want to see what the film was. It is one of the most brutally uncomfortable Australian <gasps> horror films I have ever seen in my life. Really? Um, I guess it's like a torture movie. Mm. Um, but it's all about a dad um, avenging his uh, daughter's rape and murder. Oh, Jesus. Okay. But it is like, it's full on. It's fucked up. Trigger warning going into it. Yeah. Um, but it is, if you are into uh, movies that plan your mind and fuck you up. Is a loved one, is it more fucked up than the loved ones? Yeah, but different for different weight okay. reasons. Because that kind of, it was kind of fucked it, up. It is. Like the loved ones is, is fucked. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. Though. But with the loved ones, it was kind of like, you know what? She's just a psychotic woman who likes a dad yeah like literally <laughs> whereas with this one it's like you feel so sorry for the father mm. and you were kind of on his side when he's avenging his daughter but it's so uncomfortable to watch yeah and yeah. actually sorry on that as well have yeah. you seen Otis Not yeah I have that movie same okay. kind of concept like it was um, gross uh, yeah but when they get the guy in Otis that yeah. they yeah that was the cringiest episode sorry cringiest feeling I've ever felt in any film to this day to this day that scene be- yeah because they got the wrong guy yeah so you're watching this one guy who's amazing and he's a great guy get brutally tortured for all of these things that somebody else has done there's a and few that was so uncomfortable there's a few me. movies that deal with that um that specific trope like um Big Bad Wolves oh, it's a it's in Hebrew, so I don't know what what country that is. But um, there's also um, one called Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Painfully underrated. Like it makes me sick how underrated that movie is I because it's, I didn't even oh it. my god, it's on Netflix and it's incredible. Yeah. Um, it's really uncomfortable to watch and the ending is just like heartbreaking. But it's um, again same thing. It's like uh, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, yeah, torturing yeah. someone that's not. Bad, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. I love Australian movies, and I'll always support Australian cinema when I can. I, I've watched as many Indigenous movies as I can. I think I've seen most of them. Yeah, we we're just talking about Samson and Delilah, which is a here, which I still have not seen that one. It's so good. I There's always one... remember the poster from um from the ads like, "Would you steal a car?" Yeah, but, like those. Like, There's always the Samson and Delilah poster burning up because yeah. burning up the funds of Australia and whatnot. How dare you? <laughs> um, the Babadook. Oh. Baba Shook. Honestly. I, I really do love that movie. I Who feel doesn't? like once it all got the whole gay side of it as well, <laughs> so but that uh, it's stupid, but that also made me be like, you know what? Maybe maybe if, if, if there is a gay a community of people reaching out to this film and identifying with this character, yeah. maybe maybe that was right. Maybe Absolutely. that's what it was doing. Um, and Jennifer Kent, who did The Babadook, is... She's incredible. Yeah. She did another one. I don't think I've seen any of other films. Um, well, it just came out. It hasn't come out on DVD just yet. It's coming out very soon. Um, and I, again, I can't recommend it enough. It's called The Nightingale. Okay. Um, it's got a huge Indigenous cast. And I'd say it's probably my second favorite movie of last year. Wow. And I watched a lot of movies last year, but it's number two. Number one being Parasite, for sure. Right. Number three being Doctor Sleep. I didn't watch that. I is that the sequel to The Shining? The Shining, yeah. I, oh, I'm so in like, I don't know how I feel about this one yet. Okay, everyone's like, just watch it, just watch it. I, I probably will. Story to tell you. So, not even a story. He's my, he's my point of view. I have The Shining tattooed on me. Like mm-hmm. I have red rum tattooed on me. The Shining has a very, very precious place in my heart. Mm-hmm. When I saw the trailer, I wanted to throw up and oh, snap no. my laptop in half. I was <laughs> so offended by the 
the shit that that I was just like, what is this storyline? What are they trying to do with this? It made no sense in my brain. So I went into it very angry and I was expecting to hate it. Mm. Um, obviously I went in because I like the director and I also really like um, Ewan McGregor. Yep. So I went into it being like, look, I'm going to hate this movie. I'm paying for it anyway. It's a horror movie and it's fine. <laughs> Give it a go. Went into <laughs> it. It started for 20 minutes. I was like, this is the sh- piece of, biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. And then there's a shift about half an hour into the movie and I loved it wow it is such a fucking good sequel because what what he's done with the source material of the shining is that he's taken a very very small amount of of the original Mm -hmm. and made it into an entirely new universe an entirely new storyline and you get your shining porn at the in the last half an hour you know it's not it's not packed full of shining like it's not packed full of references it's like a few characters here and there but the the storyline is completely new and um it works very well. I'd say it's a superhero movie. Wow, okay. That's how I would, that's how I would clarify it as, yeah. Um, have you seen both versions of The Shining? Of the Shining? Yeah, I have. Um, so I grew up with the TV version. Yeah. Um, that's one that I knew the most. Um, and then I, as I got older, I watched the Jack Nicholson version. Yeah. Um, I think The Shining is iconic for so many images that we have been given yeah, in horror absolutely. today. Iconic, iconic. Um, but once again, I think it's a time thing. I wasn't wowed by the original. I don't think it's a bad film at all. I would never sit there and say that I can, if you could see the look <laughs> that I'm getting from James right now, but I thought, I thought it was slow. What do I you did. mean? It was two and a half hours, whatever it was yeah. with Jack Nicholson walking around going crazy and hitting a typewriter. <laughs> like oh, wow. I, I know I, I love my psychological horrors. Yeah. Um, and I do think that, um, there was like, you know, Jaws and that. If you watch Jaws today, it's so different to what yeah, it was when it came out. Sure. It, it's an iconic film, one of the best shark movies ever made. But really, it's it's a shitty film. Yeah. Like when it comes down to it. Um it, the message behind Jaws Jaws and what um what okay, wait, no, I'll take it back. It's not a shitty film. I love Jaws. I have it tattered on my body. No, but, but do you know in, what I mean? No, like, as in like if that came out today, you'd be like, oh, this is stupid. If that came out today, but the, what, it did, scared of sharks. what it did culturally though, people exactly were scared right. to swim. Um, and so for The Shining, um, what it did for horror, I think is amazing. I think it is an iconic horror film. Everybody knows he's Johnny. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. Have it, it's done, and it's remade in, in so many horror movies and comedies. It got, uh, for pop culture, The Shining has a lot of references. Um, but, I knew the references going into it and I knew what the storyline was. I just, I just wasn't like in love with it. I totally, I'm sad because I'm so like so for me, I love, I love a slow, slow, slow burning movie. So do I. Really? Mm-hmm. And you didn't like, cause didn't like 1979, it. obviously horror films are a lot different. And that's what I think it is. I feel like, yeah. I feel like I might love Dr. Sleep if it is a kind of, not a remake, but a, Retelling in the sorts. Um, it's not. It's not. It's okay. really its own thing. That's what, mm. but that's why I liked it so much because I adore I adore The Shining. I just think it's a masterpiece in every from filmmaking to writing to acting. It mm. is like to me one of the the few films that has no flaws. I think it's five out of five. And I think you would disagree with me on this, yeah. but I feel like if you were to cut an hour of The Shining, you could still get the same story. <laughs> Bullshit. Promise you. Bullshit. No, Promise you could you. not. I'm going to make an edit. I'm going to cut it down an hour. You're going to watch it. You're going to tell me exactly what happens. All right? I love every burning minute of that movie and you can't, you can't, um, Say otherwise. Yeah, look, so. I'm the same. If someone did that with Rocky Horror, I'd be like, no, nah, fuck off. Like, sorry, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want I want the extended edition. Like, double time it so it goes for longer. Yeah. I get it when Is you're Rocky, in love with okay. something. Here's, a, here's the last point that we'll make yeah. before we wrap it up. Is Rocky Horror a horror? No. 
And I'm going to get put up on that because last podcast I did with you, I was like, my name is Roxy Horror, you know, horror, horror, but no, no, it's not a horror. It's a musical. It is a sci- science fiction musical. Okay. It's about aliens. It's not so about. There's no, I, I think because a lot of people, um, I think Rocky Horror is, is one of the best things to ever happen to the human race. To I 100% honest. agree. And I think it is it's one of the best things to have ever happened to the queer community. Absolutely. It's allowed, it's allowed a lot of people. My dad is, is a, a hetero man, mm-hmm. very quiet. He adores Rocky Horror. Yeah. Because so mine. <laughs> it transcends sexuality and yep. gender. And it's, it's literally like you're watching. It feels like you're in a dream. It doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch it, it feels like I'm in a dream and I just don't want to get out of that dream. Um, and I think that it works so well because it takes tropes from all of the best things, musicals, campy horror from oh, like the does. 60s. It does. The imagery of like riffraff with the, you know, standing at the, you know, standing the at the, and everything. yeah, pitchfork, we're standing at the window with the torch. Oh like, yeah. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like all yeah. of those like classic things and just, yeah, if you haven't seen Rocky Horror, I feel sorry for you, really. I uh, Rocky Horror is something that it was timeless from the moment that it came out. Yeah. Um, it's something that I think does definitely have elements of horror. It has elements of surprise, elements of shock, elements of of comedy. Comedy, It's yeah. got a bit of everything in it. Um, and it's one movie that I feel like literally, if it came out today, in the quality of film that it was exactly as is, it would stand on its two feet Completely today normally. Agree. It would fit, it fits today's standards more than it did in the 70s. Did you see the remake? I did. What did you think? I have watched it a lot now because I I watch it. It's still Rocky Horror. Because you're a flaming homie. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> no, I'm straight. Um, no, I I don't love Laverne Cox at all as Frankenfurter. Fair. Now, now I've been following Rocky Horror for my whole entire life. Um, when I was about fourteen, they were remaking it, and Marilyn Manson was cast as Frankenfurter. Wow. Which at first I was against it. I was like, no, nah, I don't oh, like I see that. that now, though. But in hindsight, I I would have loved it. Yeah. But um. I just didn't see him as Frank then. 100%. He'd be the He's a sex Frank. symbol. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, now, for me, though, I was endear- endearingly drawn to Frankenfurter because he was a male character yeah. identifying as a male who got dressed up in extreme clothes, makeup, you know, yeah. not necessarily a drag queen or a trans They never person. use those words. They, they love. No, yeah. they, they, or they, they, they say transvestite. Yeah, well, they don't use terms like drag or, no. you know, they just no. kind of, they just, it's just, it's Frank just is what he is. That's really. exactly right. And they don't, yeah. and they don't, they don't even explain that. No. You know what I mean? They do in sweet transvestite, like yeah. they do, but they don't. Um, but uh, what was my point to that, James? Now I'm, I'm not sure, mind Sorry. Oh, I get, I get on rant and excited. <laughs> my whole point to everything though is Rocky Horror is a timeless film that everyone should watch. It's not a horror, but it has elements of horror. Agreed. And um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, like fuck, shame on you, really. Mm-hmm. It's a master. Sorry, the sequel. <gasps> That's just before we finish. Oh, sorry. Um, Laverne Cox did not like her as Frankenfurter. Yeah. When I found out they cast Laverne Cox as Frankenfurter, I was beyond excited. Me too. I felt like this is what the film needed. Felt they flat. needed a trans person For to sure. play Frankenfurter. That was iconic. Yeah. Now, I didn't think about this though. Frankenfurter still identifies technically as a male yeah. in the first film. Now, Laverne Cox is a female. She's playing Frankenfurter as yeah. a female. Um, so that when they say he in the film, it is swapped to she. I didn't like this because when it got to the sex scene with Brad and Frankenfurter, I was not turned on. <laughs> I was not turned on. Um, and when it got to the sex scene between Frankenfurter and, um, and Janet, I'm not a lesbian, so it didn't do it for me either. Whereas growing up, my pants made a stir when Frankenfurter and Brad got together in yeah. the original because I'd never seen anything like that. Sure. And I, it was something that I knew that I identified with and resonated with. Yeah. And as stupid as this is, Rock, Rocky Horror is about sex. 
And I feel like a lot of the sex that I was into in the first one got taken away by replacing Frankenfurter with a female. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, obviously, I've, I've just, I disagree. Yeah? In, in, in extent. Only the fact that I think... Um, you know, you can't you can't touch Rocky Horror. No way. So they had to do something different. You know, they had to, and yeah, I think that was then, the biggest. The, the you know to make to make Frank a, a black trans woman. Well, like, is amazing. A huge step, and I think um, you know, obviously, like, can I just like say, imagine I've always had this opinion ever since I was young. My dream Frank and Frodo is Dev Bowie. Oh, he would be iconic. He would have been. He would be an iconic Frank. And most, he, he is Frank and He is Frank and and I mm. and I wish. He wasn't dead. Just for yeah, that. Yeah, just for the remake. Another well, remake. you can make the next remake and cast me and I'll be... Who would you play in Rocky Horror? I'd play the Pitchfork. Really? You'd yeah. pay, pay Riff? No, no. Oh, just the Pitchfork? The actual Pitchfork. Oh, wow. I so, love it. Um, what are you thinking outside the box? Hit me up. Um, I'll just kind of just stand with my arms uh, a toot. If that's a word, <laughs> like I'll a fishbook. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this room we are sitting in is 100 degrees. I want to say 120 degrees Celsius. Yeah, so, I agree. as we've gone on with the podcast, the heat has grown and the delusions have started to. Mm-hmm. Like my eyes are kind of slowly closing. I think I'm, I I think I'm passing out. <laughs> I, I think, think I'm slowly fainting. So, I'm just hoping no one's up in my roof for when we pass uh, my, out. Like my eyes are literally like if I close my eyes, I would, I'd probably pass on. So, with that. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Adam, thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you so much um, for having me. I love it. We'll see you next time, I hope. I'm definitely here. Always here for a spooky story. Thank God. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.